0: And so now we're starting a new short series in the book of Psalms through, through this summer. Praise the King is the title. And we'll be just going through the first eight or nine Psalms this summer. And we'll begin with Psalm 1. So please turn with me to, in your Bibles to Psalm 1. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. When I was younger... I used to like these books, a series of books called Choose Your Own Adventure. There were these books that were written in the second person. So they put you as the reader in the role of the leading character. And a few pages in, you would face two or three options. And each of these would lead to further pages and further options. And so eventually you came to one of the different story endings in the book. And what was fascinating about these books is... The fact that you had different paths you could go on in the story, depending on which decisions you made. And now, depending on which path you're on, you could end up with a completely different end to the story. This morning, we are studying Psalm 1. And in doing so, we'll see what it has to teach us about the two different paths of life. Psalm 1, along with Psalm 2, which we'll talk a little bit more about next week, serves as an introduction to the whole Psalter, to the whole book of Psalms. It sets the tone for everything you learn throughout the Psalms. And Psalm 1 tells us of two types of people. The Bible as a whole repeatedly separates people into two groups, and these two groups oppose one another there are sheep and there are goats. There are wheat and there are tares. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus lists the contrast between these two groups. He gives the two paths of life that must be chosen. He tells of two gates and two roads, two trees and their two types of fruit, two houses built on two foundations. As we read in this responsive reading this morning from Matthew 7, describing the destination of these two paths, Jesus said, Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. There are two paths in life with two completely different destinations, and there are only two. In the Psalm 1 this morning, we'll see three differences about these two paths in life. These paths have two different ways of living. They lead to two different results in life, and they end up with two different destinies. The psalmist begins this psalm, and therefore the whole book of the psalms, with blessed is the man. The word translated as blessed here is also translated as happy, but it means more than simply happy as we would think of it. Happiness, when we think of it, comes from our circumstances. The things that are happening in our life will make us happy. But this is an abundance of happiness. It's an overflowing of blessings. It's far beyond the happiness of positive circumstances. It's a deep-seated, supernatural joy. This is to be eternally blessed and content. To be blessed is to enjoy divine privilege and favor. To be blessed is to receive the blessings of God that he bestows upon others. This psalm describes the type of person who is blessed by God in relation to someone who isn't blessed by God. And, And these are two distinct different paths in life. The path of the person who is blessed by God and the path of the person who is not. And the first reality of these two paths is that they have two different ways of living. The man who is blessed by God is first described by avoiding the wrong way of life. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. The person who is blessed by God, we see referred down in verse 5 as the righteous. The righteous and the wicked are contrasted throughout wisdom literature. Specifically in Proverbs, but also in the Psalms. And here in Psalm 1, we're shown the two different paths of life that they live. Now the righteous doesn't mean someone that earns their salvation or can be seen as perfectly righteous before God on their own. The righteous, as you look through the wisdom literature, are those who love God and seek to do his will, those who seek to live a life pleasing to God. The righteous person, as we see here, doesn't live their life according to the ways of the world. The wicked, however, are those who reject God and his ways, those who live according to the ways of the world. And having just studied the book of Ephesians, this brings to mind what Paul wrote in Ephesians 2. He said, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked. As we know from that passage, this dis- refers to all of us. Every person, you and I, were once dead in our trespasses and our sins. Then Paul says, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. The point here is that the path of the wicked is just the normal course of the world. The path of the wicked is taking your philosophy of life from the culture of this world around us. And ultimately, what the world tells you is that living life is about living for yourself. It's all about you. And then we see this progression in this psalm. The path of the wicked starts with just walking in the counsel of the wicked. It starts with where are you getting your counsel? Where are you getting your advice If ungodly people are telling you how to live or influencing your decisions, this isn't where you should be getting the ideas on how to live. Because the ungodly will always lead you down the ungodly path. The wicked will always train you in wickedness. So the man who is blessed walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners. So it goes from hanging around with the wicked, listening to their advice, to standing with them. So if you're listening to the influences of the world, you start living that way. Now you're living according to the course of this world, living life according to the principles of this world. And if you continue this long enough, you'll be sitting in the seat of scoffers. At that point, you are the wicked. You're then the one scoffing at the word of God, at what it has to say, ridiculing the people of God, ridiculing those on the path of the righteous. And so to be blessed by God is to avoid this path. Now, this doesn't mean that you're to avoid the wicked or to avoid those who don't know Christ altogether. You just can't be influenced by them on how to live your life. If someone doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord, then they're following the course of this world. They're following Satan and where he wants them to go, which is any way other than the way of Christ. You're not to follow their way of life. Satan doesn't need people to worship him. He's all too content convincing people to worship themselves. And that's the course of this world. That's his plan, is to get you to worship yourself. As long as you're worshiping yourself, you don't need Christ. You won't want to worship God. And that's what the wicked do. They worship themselves instead of God. And the danger is that our sinful hearts crave this. You and I, we have that in us. You want to worship yourself. And the world will try to convince you that this is the right thing to do, that it's a good thing, that it's best for you. And because your heart craves this, you can do it without even realizing you're doing it. So you are to interact with and love the sinners in your life. You're to love them with an extraordinary love, all the ungodly people that you know. Those who are living for themselves, worshiping themselves, which is everyone who doesn't know Christ. But you're not to let them pull you in. As this psalm begins with, telling them, telling you to avoid this path. But what then are you to do? How do you walk on the path that is one who is blessed by God, the path of the righteous? The blessed person doesn't walk, sit, or stand with the wicked sinners and scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. The difference in the two paths is where are you learning how to live your life? Is it from the world, which will influence you to self-worship, or is it from the word of God? The blessed person, the person on the path of the righteous, their delight is in the law of the Lord. On God's law, he meditates day and night. Now, the word translated as law is the Hebrew word Torah. And although it's often translated as law, its meaning is much broader than what we would think of as law. When we think of God's law, we think of the law of Moses, God's commandments given through Moses, or even simply God's commandments in general. But the word Torah includes all of God's commandments, but it means much more than that. The first five books of the Bible are called Torah. They contain not only God's commandments and laws, but God's work of creation, his providence, his His redemption. The word Torah basically means God's teachings or instructions. And so the path of blessedness is to to delight in the teachings and instructions of God. It's to live your life according to the word of God, not according to the ways and the teachings of the world. And this means your whole life. This psalm actually refers to a lot of scripture that's earlier in the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy 6, after giving what Jesus called the greatest commandment, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. God says, and these words I command you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You can see the language is similar here. In Psalm 1 it tells us to avoid sitting and walking. This Psalm or Deuteronomy adds when you lie down and when you rise. And what it simply means is your whole life. Every moment The big decisions, the small decisions, the mundane, everyday decisions in life. Avoid living your life according to the ways of the world. As you walk, as you sit, and you stand every moment. Instead of living according to the ways of the Lord. Live according to the ways of life that God has taught us in his word. According to the way of life in the scripture. And this idea is not unique to Psalm 1 to live according to the Torah, to live according to God's teaching and instructions. It also is borrowed language from the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua begins with, this book of law, or this book of the Torah, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. And so what the psalmist is doing is setting up the two different ways of life. Here in Psalm 1, the introduction to the whole Psalter is to say that these 150 Psalms are Torah. They are God's instruction for your life, just like the rest of Scripture. So yes, these Psalms are beautifully written poems, prayers, and songs, but they're much more than that. They are Scripture. They are the Word of God. You are to meditate on them day and night, just like you would the rest of the Bible. So if you're looking to live your life according to the way of life God has given us, then you should study and meditate and pray through the Psalms just as you would all of Scripture. So as we study this selection of Psalms this summer, it's important to remember this, that they are the Word of God given to us as God's teaching for our lives. And by living a life according to the Word of God rather than the false wisdom of the world, you'll have a different result. Starting in verse three, he speaks of these results now. It says of the man who is blessed or of the righteous, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. By devoting your time and your energy and your life to the will of God as revealed in his word, By devoting yourself to living your life according to the way of the Lord, you will be like a tree planted by streams of water. Now the river is often a picture of God's provision in scripture, of God's spiritual blessing, of God's care for his people. And for the righteous, this comes first by avoiding the lifestyle of the wicked and by finding the light in the word of God. And just as streams of water would be a source of life and nourishment for this tree, the word of God is a source of life and nourishment for those who seek God in his word. By living your life according to the ways of God revealed in his word, you will bear fruit. Again, another common biblical analogy, the bearing of fruit. It means living your life with good works, living your life with actions, thoughts, and attitudes that are pleasing to God. There is a flourishing in God's blessing that is being pictured here. You will bear fruit in every season. When things are going well, you will give thanks to God. You will praise God for all the blessings he's given you. In seasons of difficulty and tragedy, you will rely on God for your strength. By saturating yourself in scripture, you can recognize God's sovereignty and provision that God is the God of all the hills and valleys in your life. And so the result of living your life according to God's will is a life that is blessed by God and that is pleasing to him. But the result of a life that is not lived according to God's word, but is rather lived according to the philosophies of the world, the counsel of the wicked, is given in verse 4. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. We see a stark contrast between the results of the life of the righteous path and the wicked path. While the righteous are like a tree rooted by the water, nourished and flourishing in the blessing of God, the wicked are not so. They're rooted in sin. They delight in their sin. They delight in themselves. The wicked follow the teachings of the world, which is the exact opposite of the word of God. And so their lives are fruitless. They don't please God with their lives. They seek to please themselves and they go further and further away from the Lord. They're on a downward spiral of sin in their lives. The psalmist illustrates this by saying they're like chaff, that the wind drives away. So during the time of harvest, when grain is winnowed, chaff is separated from the heavier grain by being thrown into the wind. And so the wind will blow this Lightweight, worthless chaff away, and then the heavier, valuable grain will fall to the ground. And the psalmist says the wicked are like chaff. They're worthless in the kingdom of God. They may be rich, they may be valued in the world, they have big houses, they go on luxurious vacations. They can have all kinds of great circumstances in this world. They may have everything their sinful heart desires, but they're spiritually dead. They have no value in the kingdom of God. They don't please the Lord. And ultimately, they're failing to live up to the purpose they've been made for. And when the storms of life come, when the circumstances of their wealth or their worldly success is threatened or completely fall apart, when their health starts to go or their loved ones, they have no hope to rely on. They have no roots. The picture is being painted here are these two different paths of life. The life of following the world, living for yourself, living for your own glory, chasing money and worldly success is a life without any roots. It doesn't please the Lord. No matter how great you are seen in the eyes of the world and the eyes of other humans, no matter how much attention and notoriety and wealth you get, it's worthless in the eyes of God. It's worthless in God's kingdom. And when life gets difficult, you'll have nothing to keep you rooted. You'll be blown away by the winds of life. And when you see the people in this world, you, people that seem to have it all by the world's philosophy, wealth, fame, good luck, there's nothing to hold them down in their difficult times because their hearts are far from the Lord. They've lived completely for themselves and to please themselves and there's no fruit in that life that the world tells you to seek. It's not a life that pleases God. It's actually empty. But the path of the righteous, the path of the one who is blessed by God is a life that seeks to live according to the word of God. And as a result, is blessed by God. As a result, you will be living in a way that pleases God. And this is to be planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in good and bad seasons, pleasing God, not withering away. And this person is successful in the eyes of God, doing the work of his kingdom and pleasing him. And so these two different paths of life have two different ways of living and they give two different results in life. And then we see the last two verses state, Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous." For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Because the wicked have followed the ways of the world and rejected God's way revealed in his word. Because they have lived for themselves, worshipping themselves, resulting in a worthless life that isn't pleasing to God. Rather, pleasing only to themselves. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. And so the third difference in these two paths of life is that they end up in two different destinies. The psalmist brings these two paths to the ultimate conclusion, the final judgment. And Psalm 1 is clear in stating the fate of the wicked. Those who have lived their life without God, without delighting in his instruction, meditating on his word, and as a result have lived lives that have done nothing For the kingdom of God, but instead have built their own worthless kingdoms. When they come to the final judgment, they will be left in their sins. The wicked will be found guilty. There will be there in judgment, but they will not stand upright, nor will they stand in the congregation of the righteous. This congregation of the righteous will be those who at the final judgment are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. That's the only way to be considered righteous in the final judgment. But this isn't so for the wicked. They will stand before God with all the stains of their sins. The ways of the wicked is the ways of the world, the way of sin, the way of the ungodly. And Proverbs 14 tells us there is a way that seems right to a man. But its end is the way to death. That is the path of wicked. It seems right to us, to our sinful hearts. But in the end, it is the road to death. But the path of the righteous is the way of the Lord. It says, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous. This isn't stating that God simply has a knowledge of the righteous. Rather, The word for knowledge here is the same word for an intimate relationship between a husband and a wife. It means the Lord is intimately involved with the righteous. God sustains the righteous. He provides for the righteous. He loves the righteous. The way of the righteous is the way of the Lord. But the path of the wicked will perish. This is the ultimate fate of those who are on the path of the wicked. The end of the road for those who are separated by God because they're separated from Christ. The wicked will perish. And we see this theme throughout the Psalter and really the whole of the scriptures. And as you watch those around you, it could be even on television, movies, social media, friends, neighbors, coworkers, those who don't have a covenant relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, It can sometimes feel like they have it all. But if they don't have Jesus Christ, they have nothing. They are like chaff, weightless, empty. The wicked will perish and vanish. They will be driven away and brought down. Everything they have in this life soon will be no more. And they will soon stand in judgment before God. So I want to ask you all, which path are you on? Have you given yourself over to Jesus? Are you in a relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you pursuing him and conformity in your life to him? Do you delight in the word of God and do you seek to live a life that is pleasing to God through his word? You and I, we all began on the path of the wicked, but God in his love for you, he gave you his only son so that you could be blessed. Jesus lived the perfectly righteous life on your behalf so that you could be seen as righteous before God. Jesus died that your sins could be forgiven. And Jesus himself taught of these two paths, and he taught that the only way to the Father is through him. To be righteous, to be blessed, is to be in a covenant relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. It's to love Jesus and to seek to please him through obedience. At the end of our responsive reading this morning, Jesus taught everyone then who hears the words of mine, everyone who hears the teachings of Jesus and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. To follow Jesus is to be on the path of the righteous. Then no matter what storms come in life, you have a solid foundation of hope, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And everyone who doesn't follow and live out the teachings of Jesus, they're on the path of the wicked. They're living for themselves without God in their whole lives. And ultimately, they'll be without Christ in the final judgment. To put your trust in Jesus Christ is to have the foundation that is the rock of Jesus Christ and to live for him, delight in him, the incarnate word of God. Jesus stands at the crossroads of these two paths in life. To believe in him is to be on the path of the righteous. To be united to Jesus Christ by faith is to be blessed by God through the presence and care of Jesus. To be united to Christ is to have the law written on your heart and to bear the eternally significant fruit of being grafted into the tree of life. Jesus is the living water that gives you eternal life, that nourishes your soul. And it's only being clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ that you can stand before God in judgment. Because in Jesus Christ, you have everything. Without Him, you have nothing. Let us pray. Heavenly Father. We come before you this morning knowing that we all deserve to perish. That left to ourselves, we would all be on the path of the wicked. But you love us enough to sacrifice your son so that we can be blessed. That in Jesus, we have a way to the path of righteousness. We have a way to the path that leads to eternal life. We pray, Lord, that your spirit will strengthen our faith. And that we will continue on the path you've set us on. That your word will be a lamp to our feet. And that we'll continue to be renewed into the image of Christ. Who is the image of the invisible God. And we pray, Lord, that you will call those who don't know you. That you will send them your spirit. That they will be reborn. That they will become yours and will be blessed on the path of the righteous that we may all delight in your teachings and your love through your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.